This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Welcome to the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis. The future of electric car power could be embedded in the street below. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the report on retail sales and the weekly tally of jobless claims lead today's data, and we're also still digesting the latest interest rate hike by the Fed. And here to talk about all of it and what we should expect moving forward Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. So, Paul, what do you take with all these numbers and the way the street's reacting? So the the, mar- the the Wall Street investors were already on their heels after yesterday's Fed meeting at which the Fed raised interest rates but signaled that they were ready to do quite a bit more than what Wall Street was expecting. And then you get the retail sales numbers uh, this morning, which not only contracted fell much more than expectations, but fell across nine of 13 major retail categories, particularly motor vehicles and parts, furniture, home furnishings, electronics, and appliance stores. And why do I mention those? Well, one thing all of those sectors have in common is that people use credit for the most part to buy those things. And while interest rates continue to rise, we expect consumers to be turning away in greater numbers from those kinds of purchases, that's going to put more downward pressure on the economy. Services, yeah, they were doing okay. People are still dining out, but it's the uh, it's the sales of goods that are really starting to plummet, uh, and that's got Wall Street worried today. So, Paul, what would the street like to see the Fed do? If the Fed was going to signal the, the action that the street is looking for in terms of giving them more confidence, what would you say that is in terms of future interest rate strategy? Yeah, that's a good question. So if if investors remember uh, this time of year, late 2018, Christmas Eve, the market was down almost 20 percent. And by the the start of the new year, 2019, the Fed, which had been raising rates, the Fed blinked. And what did they do? They started cutting rates. And Wall Street just loved it. The market was off the double-digit returns for 2019 as a whole. And that's what this market keeps expecting. We're going to see a replay of 2018 into 2019. We think this is not that sort of story, but yet we have since March five different times when the market has rallied strongly only to then be disappointed. It's like watching the sequel, uh, the bad sequels to a bad movie four or five times before you get it into your head that, uh, yeah, I really don't want to do that anymore. Is this perhaps a case, Paul, where maybe as the Fed is talking, as the chairman and the members are talking about what they're expecting to do next, that sometimes these comments kind of predate the numbers that we're seeing, for example, in retail sales, and and that's why sometimes you know you hear what Wall Street, you hear what the Fed's going to do, and then suddenly uh, the numbers come out, and it's like, oh, maybe the Fed's going too far. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, that that half a point per uh, half a percentage point interest rate hike we had yesterday was well telegraphed and well anticipated. What's weighing on markets this morning is the guidance and the comments by the Fed chairman afterwards that hey, uh, you know, we're going to stay aggressive with this, and we don't really see an end to the rate hikes. Uh, and most of all, we're not going to turn and pivot like we did in 2019. They may even get to five or five and a quarter percent and then hold those rates at that level for a while until they break the back of inflation. That's just not what the market wants to hear. Okay, Paul, we're going to have you put on your hat as head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo. (laughs) And what's your advice right now for investors? So investors should still play this cautious. We've been talking this way since February. Uh, We remain cautious. What that means is you want to stay away from those parts of the market that are the most sensitive to the ups and downs of the economy. We call those cyclicals. So think small companies, think industrials, think uh, financials, think materials. Anything that's going to suffer as we get closer to a recession, stay away from those. And on any sort of rally like this, maybe pull some of that money out. You might even have some tax losses that you can claim on your taxes. So stay away from those, maybe even pull a little money out. Where we want to go is large companies, especially those with good balance sheets, good, let's call it organic growth prospects, uh, and pretty good cash flow. And and among those three, we would highlight energy. Energy is one of the few that's generated positive cash this year to pay dividends to investors. We also like healthcare for the long run. And yes, we also like tech. Yes, you'll tell me it's been spanked this year. That's absolutely true. But we think there are good values there and valuations overall in that sector are coming down to a level that we find very attractive to buy. We think could be a generational buying opportunity there. So stick with large companies, stick with tech, healthcare, and energy. Use rallies like the one we saw these last couple of weeks to get out of that cyclical stuff. That's Paul Christopher, the head of global market strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, on a day like this, it's great to have your perspective on what's going on. Coming up, an electric road that could power your future vehicle. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. By next summer, a mile of road near downtown Detroit should be the test site for an electric street. Let's learn more about that from Paul Hockman, the president of Humongous Media and the former tech editor for the Today Show out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. So, Paul, I guess you could call it Electric Avenue. What's going on with that? You stole my joke. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's okay, but it's true. Uh, it is going to be about a mile in the uh, downtown in Michigan, uh, that is to say. Uh, and it's it's called Michigan Central, which is a mobility innovation district in, in Michigan. And it's uh, co-sponsored by Ford, DTE Energy, and the city of Detroit. And the idea is inductive charging and what that a lot of people are actually much more familiar with inductive charging than they used to be and that is when they put their iphone down on a charger with it does not require the iphone to be plugged in and it's called power transfer or inductive charging here's how it works it's pretty basic the idea is they want this this goal here is to have electric vehicles be charged by driving in other words, that the uh, charge that is running under the road would, would or the, the current would charge the vehicles as they drive over that section of road that has that uh, technology in it. The way it works is essentially, I, I was an English major, so don't, so take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but here, here's how it works. When you move electrons back and forth along a wire, you create a magnetic field that's perpendicular to that, uh, the running of those electrons. The cool thing is, the magnetic field moves if you run the electrons back and forth. And if there's a battery charger that can receive that on the other end, 
it will charge. You don't have to run a wire. You just have to move the electrons. And that's the idea here. It's exactly how it works with an iPhone. How expensive is this? Uh, it's really, but believe it or not, not terribly expensive because what you're running is wire. It's not complex. The cha- in fact, just, just for, for perspective, BMW in 2019 in their 530e series is offering what's called a ground pad that can be installed in any garage floor. You just put it down on the floor and you end up a car that's ready to receive, in this case, the, the BMW 530e that can receive that movement, that moving charge that, re- that results in, in a charging of the battery. Anything that can receive it can get charged. So you're literally just laying down a pad, in this case, wires under a road, and any car built to receive that inductive charging gets charged while it drives. Any idea how soon this might spread, or do we have a sense when this well, test in Detroit's going to wrap up? I'll tell you what, well, they're, they're going to be, <clears throat> pardon me, it's going to be operational this coming year, 2023, uh, which is quite quick since it hasn't, to give you a perspective, it doesn't take much time then to roll down this wire to uh, obviously do the test. So the point is, could it be broadly available? They're, they're aiming for that because, look, we're all facing an infrastructure challenge if we like EVs and what EVs stand for. And the name, the, the, the name of that infrastructure challenge is a lack of charging stations. So unlike gas stations, which are, you can find anywhere, there are still not enough charging stations for electric vehicles to satisfy the demand. The goal here is to solve that problem by eliminating the need for those stations, and all you have to do is drive and charge. Well, that would be a humongous step forward in the EV industry, and that's why we brought in Paul Hockman, the president of Humongous Media and the former tech editor for the Today Show out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Always great to hear from you, Paul. Up next, a look at holiday season tipping etiquette. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's the holiday season, and that means tips for service workers and others who help us throughout the year. And Let's talk about who and how much with Jennifer Waters, the Chicago-based business writer. So let's just go, Jennifer. Hello, Jim. Who, who should you tip and how much? Well, I mean, and here's the thing. There are so many people who are in line for tips. And, you know, this is the age-old problem that we all face every this time of year all the time. But we've got extra people now in line. Like if you have a regular grocery delivery guy or gal, you want to tip them or I mean, my FedEx and my UPS drivers, I know those guys pretty well. So you'd want to be able to, you know, think about tipping them too. But, you know, the usual people are teachers, which you have to be careful with because a lot of schools don't allow you to give them cash. For sure, cash is a big no-no, but don't really want you to be giving them anything that's too much. But, you know, a gift card or, uh, you know, or, or nice a nice note, even something homemade is always nice, too. I think about when we were kids, and I can't imagine how many cheap ornaments my uh, the nuns at my school got. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, but there's others, too. You know, if you have a, um, a pet groomer or a dog walker, you might want to consider tipping them. Obviously, if you have a, 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 a house cleaner who comes in once a week or once a, every couple of weeks, you might want to tip them. House cleaners, for example, now I don't, you know, when I'm tight on, on Christmases, I don't give my house cleaner a full, you know, visit cost. You know, I don't, I don't double her pay for the, for the day, but I will give her something extra and I will, you know, include like a little tin of cookies or something like that to, you know, if I'm tight on money. Um, if you live in, in a building, for example, an apartment building or a condo, you've got probably doormen. And, you know, delivery people and handymen and women to, to tip to. And, the, you know, those are usually 
there's, there's a lot of times they say give them cash because they need it <laughs> and might use it for something, you know, beyond a, a gift card. But 20, 50, you know, depending on where you live, what kind of place you live in. I mean, if you're in a luxury condo, obviously you're going to tip. You should be tipping more than 20 or 50 bucks. But if you're just, you know, in a regular kind of place like I live in, you would, you know, 20 bucks is good enough. And um, and the same, you know, there's there's also like, do you tip your mail carrier? Uh, we do on my block, um, and it's usually a gift card. The, the U.S. Postal Service has kind of a no cash and has kind of a limit on what what wor- workers are supposed to accept, and it's about a twenty twenty five um, limit. Except they can do it twice a year. So if you do, if you want to like tip your mail carrier fifty bucks, for example. Give him or her twenty five bucks now, and then on uh, National Mail Carrier Day, give him another twenty five bucks. You can do something like that. There's also, um, you know, there's a ton of other people you have to consider um, as as you go through this. And it's really let the most important thing about this is that you want to remember that you're trying to express gratitude to the people who have helped you the most throughout the year. So the best thing to start with would be is to put a tip list together. Who who do you most rely on or who's been there to help you all the time? Or even like who picks up your kids or who is, you know, you know, do you have a neighbor who comes and waters your plants and picks up your mail all the time? Those are the people you don't want to necessarily tip them like cash, but you want to give them some kind of gift because you want to say thank you. Or even a thoughtful note or homemade gift cookies, whatever. Um, that's always good too. But the most important thing about this, all of this though, Jim, is that, you know, this is an expensive time of the year for everyone, and you don't want to break the bank because you got to tip 25 people. So put your list together, figure out how much you've got to spare, and then go from there. That's Jennifer Waters with great advice, the Chicago-based business writer. You don't have to give a lot necessarily. Just say thanks to the people who make your lives a little better each year. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 
And it's sponsored by the Village of Bedford Park. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The federal government is again providing free COVID 19 tests as cases across the country rise. This is Mike Krauser. The Bears test the waters in Springfield for an idea that would change the taxes for the redevelopment of Arlington Park. On Technology Thursday, a look at the explosion of the metaverse and where it could be heading. The collapse of cryptocurrency platform FTX has some high-profile endorsers in legal hot water. Right now on Wall Street, the Dow's down 919 points, the S&P 500 down 111, and the NASDAQ is down 378 points. AccuWeather says we might see a little snow by tonight, maybe a coating to an inch in some places. We're going to head up to 37 this afternoon, down to 28 tonight, up to 31 with maybe another coating to an inch in some areas tomorrow, with a high of 31. Right now, it's cloudy and 36 at O'Hare at 1231. As the number of coronavirus cases rises, the Biden administration is again making free COVID tests available. Starting today, the federal government will provide four rapid tests to U.S. households that request them through the website covidtests.gov. That's according to a senior official. It's been three months since the last batch of free tests went out. COVID-19 cases increased after the Thanksgiving holiday, and there's a winter surge projected as people travel and gather indoors around Christmas and New Year's. Sources say the administration is putting surge teams and equipment on standby just in case hospitals and nursing homes get overwhelmed, but so far there have been no requests. As Americans embrace a return to pre-pandemic activities, the administration has been struggling to convince more people to get the updated booster shots that better protect against the now prevalent Omicron variants. I'm Jennifer King. The Bears are proposing a different financial arrangement for the redevelopment of the Arlington Park racetrack property. That story from WBBM's Mike Krauser. It's an arrangement developed by the federal government for tax-exempt properties. It's called Payment in Lieu of Taxes, designed to compensate local taxing bodies like school districts that are not getting property tax money. In the case of the Bears, the team would not pay property taxes, which would increase as the property is developed. Instead, there would be a negotiated payment. Cranes reports the amount would presumably be less than the property taxes. Arlington Heights Mayor Tom Hayes told the Daily Herald the Bears are floating the idea to state legislators to see if they're receptive. He said it's a creative way to address some of the financing issues. That's the story from Arlington Heights. It's 12:33. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, to say the markets are in the red is an understatement. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, the founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk here in Chicago. So Mike, it's a down day, and uh, why is it, and is the market reacting the way it should, or is this maybe an overreaction? Well, you know, at following a, a Fed raise yesterday, um, which was expected, but, but also talk of further uh, um, rate um, increases next year, we get this morning uh, poor retail sales and a tight labor market. Um, in some reports uh, before the open. So retail sales came in at, at down 0.6% when it was expected to be down 0.1%, pretty significant miss. So we've got an economy where it's a tight labor market. We've got the Fed raising rates, and yet now the economic numbers are starting to come in very fairly weak. I don't want to say very weak yet because we haven't, haven't had enough of them, but it's starting to show some softness in retail sales, and that's 
worrisome to the market because it was up until a few months ago soft numbers would wouldn't wouldn't necessarily cause a sell off because it would it would cause people to think the fed would would calm down on their rate hikes but they've pretty much done what they said they were going to do they may have one more hike uh one or two more hikes to m- next next year but with that over with now all the the bad news that might come out is going to cause um, down moves in the stock market. We're seeing that today. I mean, since yesterday lunchtime, basically when the Fed announced, till t- now, we are down 4% in the S&P. So this has been a pretty significant sell-off uh, just in the last 24 hours. And, Mike, I believe you said that these retail numbers, it's not just that they're down, but where they're down. That's really significant here. Well, they're they're down across the board, to be honest with you. And, um the, the, you know, the core number was bad as well. And, and so you basically have, you know, you have retail sales in a, ne- you know, negative for the first time in, in many months. And, but yet the Fed is still raising rates. So, and they, and they've signaled they are going to continue to raise in the next year. Now at MJP Capital, we honestly believe that the most they will raise from here on out is a half percent. The market, some of our market participants think it could be as much as one full percent. A half percent is probably the most we think they will, and we do think there's a 50-50 chance this was the last raise, even though Powell has said there will be more, because this economic data that's going to come out in the next couple of months may change his perspective and, and the other Fed governors, so we may not get that last batch of 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 rate hikes but that will be because we're in a recession so um which which isn't good either so we're in a really tough situation where the fed has to be very careful whether they raise any any further because any further raise it may stop inflation but it may just you know push push us right into a pretty pretty bad and deep recession so they have to really walk a tightrope that is 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 very difficult in this situation and and we caution investors i've said this on your show for the last 3 months we think fair value in S&P is 3900 we're back down to it right now we got as high as 41 4200 in the S&P a few uh, a week or two ago and that was just a little bit of too much optimism. And now we're seeing the numbers come in, and it's, again, another dose of reality that we are, we are definitely in a slower economic time at a time when the Fed is raising rates. Uh, it it's very, makes, makes us a little nervous about what's, what's going to happen next year, and certainly it should make any investor uh, cautious in, in their investing. Cash is king, in my opinion. You should have more cash than you normally have right now. All right. Well, let's, we're talking cash. Let's talk crypto. What can okay. you share anything on that with the all that's going on right now? Well, we we say that you should have uh, five to fifteen percent of your investment in gold and Bitcoinish type. I say Bitcoinish because you can use ether. Uh, we we are long ether. Uh, we we don't have Bitcoin, but but we think Bitcoin and ether are are investments that can help you in times of of uncertainty. Um, and certainly this is one of them. So we would suggest 5 to 15% of your investment. But we, more importantly, are saying 20 to 30% in cash. That's the most I've ever suggested investors keep in cash, and it's because there's too much uncertainty, and you want to have some bullets for the future if we do have another sell-off, which you know, I think it's likely we do have another sell-off here either at the end of the year or early next year just because of the uncertainty, and these numbers may get worse before the Fed starts lowering rates. If the Fed does not do anything as these numbers get worse, or worse than that, if they raise rates, 
we could be in for a recession. So we have to watch these numbers over the next couple months, and investors need to be cautious. That's Michael Palumbo, the founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk. Thanks, Mike. Great advice, great tips. Up next on Technology Thursday, the metaverse is growing by leaps and bounds. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, a day like this on Wall Street might be a nice day to consider an alternate or augmented or virtual reality. And we're going to talk about those and their roles in the rapidly expanding metaverse with Matt Wren, the co-founder and chief tech officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. So, Matt, what's going on with uh, AR and VR and the metaverse? I mean, the biggest thing I would say right now is that it is rapidly expanding. There's a lot of more people that are jumping into it, that are experiencing the technology. There's a lot more capabilities around. Um, all around, it's just it's growing. It's growing great. And, you know, happy to be back here again to talk about it. Who's fueling this increase right now in terms of the providers? Who's making this possible? And I, one question, of course, that comes up is... Uh, when is Apple going to jump in? That seems to be the big question a lot of times because there's been a lot of talk that they're working on it. They just haven't introduced it yet, really. You know, I've made the joke. So on the Apple front, I've made the joke several times uh, just based on rumors alone that Apple has been six months away from releasing a device for the last seven years. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, so none of us know when it's actually going to happen. I don't, to my knowledge, they've never actually come out officially and said anything. It's all just rumors. Obviously, uh, there's been some modifications to iOS to the code that indicate that things are coming, but none of us have anything official to say. Um, the big player right now, obviously, is Meta, or you know, formerly Facebook. They've got the most widely distributed device with the Quest 2. Um, they tend to buy up a lot of the companies that are producing very popular games for the Quest 2. So, you know, an early game was uh, Echo Arena, which was put out by a company called Ready at Dawn. They got bought by by Facebook at the time. Another one was Beat Saber, which is kind of the one that I think most people are probably seen or seen on a commercial or something that was put out by Beat Games. Uh, you know, a guy named Jaroslav Beck created it. They got bought by Facebook. Um, and now once it's become meta, there's a, another really good popular game called Population One that was put out by a game company called Big Box, who got purchased by meta. So they really seem to be the big player in the space right now, at least on the consumer side. How are they doing? How is meta doing, though, at this point? Is there any way to gauge how their venture into this is going. I mean, there's been some criticism, for example, of uh, how people look in some of their um, metaverse areas, that sort of thing. How How is Meta doing? Uh, I mean, how are they doing? Is There's a lot of facets to that. You know, you can, t- you can talk about the stock price. You can talk about some of the, you know, the privacy concerns. But ultimately, right now, at least on the consumer tech side, they own this space. Like, there, there really isn't much of a competitor to them uh, on the consumer side. And now on the industrial side, they're definitely the big player in the space as well. They just released the Quest Pro, um, which while it's, you know, it's a VR device, it's similar to the Quest 2 on the consumer side, but one of the biggest capabilities it has is it has very functional pass-through augmented reality capabilities, which when you start talking about industrial uses like, you know, in-the-field performance support or on-the-job training, that capability is huge. And, you know, frankly, that's a space that was, sort of previously owned by Microsoft with the HoloLens with mixed reality. Uh, but now that, you know, Microsoft has actually partnered with Facebook on a lot of those initiatives. So I guess the question is, what time frame are you expecting for AR and VR and the metaverse to really take hold? I mean, if you had to predict uh, when it will be widespread and how long that's going to take, what's your guess right now? Uh, I mean, I will say the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Um, 
probably one of the biggest barriers. So on, on the commercial virtual reality space, it's expanding. It's, it's massive right now, and it's just growing. I think the pace of growth is actually accelerating. On the, on the enterprise and industrial, especially with things like augmented reality, which is what Bundle AR focuses on, um, it's adopting. It's adopting very quickly. We're doing a lot of work with the military. We're doing a lot of work with enterprises. It's not as publicly visible because a lot of the use cases are, you know, like training or performance support apps. So people don't, you don't see it so much on the consumer side, but it's rapidly expanding today. That's Matt Wren, the co-founder and chief tech officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. He'll be an interesting guy to follow as AR and VR and the metaverse just keep growing. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday. And still to come, lawsuits are targeting celebrities who endorsed failed crypto firm FTX. News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Some celebs who promoted NFT and cryptocurrency products are now being sued by investors. And let's get the latest from Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy. You can follow him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer, and he's out of New York. So there is a bit of a risk, I guess, celebrities sometimes face when they endorse products. And I guess NFT and crypto has turned out to be quite an example of that. It really has. It's interesting, too, because... Ordinarily, you don't see spokespeople being sued. Generally, truth in advertising has to do with the advertiser, not necessarily the spokesperson. Uh, there was a lawsuit against Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather uh, when a, a crypto project called Ethereum Max launched. And she had a pretty solid disclaimer. She says, I don't know anything about crypto, but my friends tell me Ethereum Max. She did a, an Instagram post. She was fined by the SEC for $1.6 million because she didn't, at the bottom of that ad, say paid announcement, as if anyone thinks that something Kim Kardashian does isn't paid when she posts an Instagram uh, you know, post. But what was interesting is that uh, the civil suit was, or, or the, the, was dismissed, the, the lawsuit itself by the um, aggrieved parties was dismissed. The SEC got, got their point across. Now we're seeing an awful lot of the celebrities that were involved in FTX. Uh, getting sued in class actions. And it's unclear whether they're going to uh, prevail. I don't, I don't think they will. Uh, the SEC might go after them because if they didn't do, or the Federal Trade Commission might go after them as well, if they didn't disclose that they were paid endorsers. But I, I just don't know how you can sue an actor or an actress for doing a commercial otherwise. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to prevail in court, but we'll see. I mean, is it something where if somebody said, well, I wouldn't have bought this if not for celebrity, you name them, Hollywood or sports. And and at that point, they said, and, but if, if you're endorsing it, you're telling me it's a good thing to buy. You know what? It's your fault I bought. Well, look, America is a wonderful country and very litigious. You can sue anyone. But, you know, these people were chasing get-rich-quick schemes. They didn't do their homework, and now they'd like to blame someone because they were jumping on a bandwagon they shouldn't have jumped on. Somewhere in the world, there's some accountability uh, for your individual actions. If laws were broken, certainly there should be some, some you know, kind of legal remedy. I'm not sure that laws were broken. I'm not sure this isn't just a bunch of people who were really sad that their investments didn't go the way they wanted them to. Um, you know, getting together and looking for some way to get their money back, figuring, oh, those people are rich. We'll go after them. Hopefully, this is there isn't any merit here from a uh, celebrity endorsement perspective. Because if you're a paid celebrity endorsement or paid actor, this shouldn't really be part of it. Um, 
we're going to see it. You know, the FTX debacle and uh, is horrifying. And Sam Bankman-Fried, they did arrest him the other day. He's going to face charges. The charges are very serious. And let's, you know, be very clear. This was a crypto exchange that was fully centralized that had nothing to do with the spirit or the reality of cryptocurrency. This was like someone owning a bank and stealing from you. It was fully centralized under this guy's control. So to even call FTX a crypto exchange is pretty, it's not exactly what was going on. And everyone should, I think, take a step back and realize Sam bankman fried is a true criminal. He's the guy we've got to look at and got to find the money from, from, you know, follow him for the money. Where he put it is where it is. Shelly, thanks for that clarification, because I think a lot of people, you're right, have a perhaps a misperception in ways about that. And it's great that you kind of provided some clarity on that. Shelly Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Med Academy. You can follow him on Twitter at Shelly Palmer, and he's out of New York. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. Kind of nice. There's a pause and rewind function, too. It works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.